0: Thanks for joining Impact Boom on this episode.
1: We've made sure that we've built technology in a way that we can turn around loans quicker than anybody else and really ensure that we are a reliable business partner for individuals and businesses across the continent, providing them access to credit as and when they need it. Uh, I think obviously in the journey, it's been an interesting time, specifically with with 2020 and 2021, having the COVID pandemic in addition.
0: Welcome to impactboom.org. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes.
2: Thanks for listening to episode 358 of Impact Boom. My name's Indio Miles, and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today, we're speaking with Timothy Nui. Timothy Nui is the founder and CEO of Finclusion Group, working to enhance the lives of Africans through simple, convenient, and appropriate 2022-era financial services. Since its inception in 2018, Finclusion's proven credit scoring modules have led to the distribution of $310 million in loans to 240,000 customers across five countries. Prior to creating Finclusion, newly founded Fractal Labs in January of 2020, creating a unique risk and AI modeling framework brokered to the financial market. He previously served as the Deputy Chief Executive Officer of MyBucks, a company that operated financial institutions in Africa, Europe, and Australia. In March of 2019, he moved into the role of Chief Executive Officer, paving the way for the founding of his current companies. Nui received his Bachelor of Science in International Business Economics from Maastricht University in 2008, also completing a program at Cal Berkeley's Haas School of Business. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing how financial inclusion is a key mechanism driving widespread social change, and what roles technology, machine learning, and AI play in helping people access critical financial support. Tim, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really a pleasure to have you here.
1: Thank you, Indio. It's a pleasure to be here and excited
2: to to be on the call. Excellent. So to start off, could you please share a bit about your background and then What led to your work in social enterprise?
1: Sure. So basically, after my studies, I started working in financial restructuring as a consultant. Did that for a period of time, and then I sort of coincidentally joined a German group that was investing in financial services in Africa called ADC African Development Corporation. At ADC, we bought banks, payment services, and insurance companies across the continent. We built that group out from 2011 to 2014, and sold it to Bob Diamond's Atlas Mara. But throughout that, I really saw that the true opportunity existing is still the emerging credit gap in. Retail and MSMEs, where there is a massive amount of underserved individuals and businesses that can't access credit efficiently. So I joined a microfinance group in 2015, helped them scale across from two to 12 countries, build a loan book of over $200 million. We listed on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange, but unfortunately, I had a bit of a strategic difference of opinion in 2018 with the founder. so I ended up leaving. And then that's when I started inclusion. And the thesis of inclusion is still very much behind uh, closing that credit gap, efficiently servicing individuals using technology, and really providing you know, usable financial services that people can actually access credit deploy into businesses, but loans that are also sizable enough to do meaningful things and not just go have a drink or a bit of money on sports betting, no matter whether that might be fun or not. So that's sort of my personal background. And I guess how I then go deeper and deeper into to working on the African continent. For me, continuing to work on the continent, the biggest benefit is that it's nice to do something that's both impactful and can be financially
2: meaningful. Mm, really interesting. And I'm very keen now to hear a bit more as CEO and founder of Finclusion, a bit more about the Finclusion group and kind of the key lessons also that you've learned on your journey of creating this company.
1: Absolutely. So Finclusion today is an emerging neobag. Credit-led. So what that means is that today we do lending in five markets. We're in South Africa, Swaziland, Namibia, Kenya, and Tanzania. We're looking to expand our product offering over time from just credit into also savings, cards, transactional services, and really servicing the full range of financial services. But today, we're not yet there. As for inclusion, being a credit-led neobank, our IP is very much in the credit scoring technology we've built, the algorithms we've created and in how we assess data and credit worthiness, but it's also in turnaround time. So we've made sure that we've built technology in a way that we can turn around loans quicker than anybody else and really ensure that we are a reliable business partner for individuals and businesses across the continent, providing them access to credit as and when they need it. I think obviously in the journey, it's been an interesting time, specifically with with 2020 and 2021, having the COVID pandemic in addition. But for us, really... I think some of the things we learned is that at the end of the day, if you really just focus on basic financial services and product fit with client needs, you can create something amazing where you can really change people's lives. And I think some of the things that certainly for us are positive reflections is where we see the good that the loans do. We are able to basically fund people's medical procedures in the case of emergencies, help them start a business, put their kids through school. And really ensure that we're always there when people need it from a cash flow perspective. And I think working with clients where possible is even more important at this time than it was prior, because a lot of people are still recovering from how the pandemic hit them. And then I think the biggest challenge, and it's not so much a lesson, but we're still learning it, is really always within a financial institution, balancing growth. And when do you push the growth button? And when do you basically focus on preserving liquidity to basically be able to trade through the different times? Because everything always takes longer. If you expect an investment to close in August, it might only close in December. And I think that's really something where, especially initially, I always thought, you know, if you plan with something, everyone is aligned in the same time, but I guess different people at different timetables.
2: Yeah. Really, really interesting key lessons there. And especially along that journey of creating, creating inclusion in that group there, you kind of spoke about the challenges and I'm sure that you've come across a lot of different obstacles throughout your time. So If you were now also talking on behalf of kind of people in Africa who are looking to access financial support to create their own businesses or to start up other different projects, what are the most significant obstacles preventing them from doing so? So today, the big
1: banks don't really want to serve the individual customers. I think hearing that they're often small loans, it's not worth it on an absolute level. Technology is still a hurdle, so financial infrastructure, so basically being able to vet people's ID, being able to access their bank statements. So the digital rails are still a big challenge. If you look at what happened in India, where you can basically verify people's IDs completely digitally, that's miles ahead from what's currently available on the African continent. I think those two factors together are probably the two most significant obstacles. The African continent is 54 countries rather than one country, which means that there are really a lot of fragmented individual smaller markets that you have to provide for in slightly different and tailored ways. Because although some markets are similar, they all have their own licensing requirements and their own particularity. And I think that's really something that makes it very hard to also provide access on the continent to many people in an easy to access way.
2: Wow. Wow. That's really interesting there. And if now we were looking on to how to create those social impacts and more of that broader flow on. So how does providing financial accessibility and security, how is this movement creating those further social impacts and change?
1: So I think financial inclusion allows people to fund education. It allows people to start a business. So it really allows them to drive growth and productivity and future. And I think that's incredibly important because education is the baseline for improvement in future lives. So I think the ability to access funds really allows them to be independent in creating a business and or furthering their children's education. I think that's, in- you yeah. The baseline for further social impact because it's sustainable. It's not about giving people a handout, but you basically get to the tools to really change their lives themselves.
2: Yeah, I really love that idea there. And it's very fascinating and 100% holds up behind Finclusion Group. And you spoke about it a bit there in the beginning, how that's kind of like a key aspect of the organization and why you wanted to create it to begin with. So thank you so much for sharing that with our audience, Tim. And if we're looking now to the future a bit more and about financial literacy and inclusion in general, where are there opportunities for literacy and inclusion around finance to be enhanced by technology?
1: So I think there is, the opportunities are actually endless, but most importantly, I think it's really enhancing the interaction of all the different components. So we're basically, we create a financial services app that provides lending, provides bank accounts. But it's gamified to also drive teaching and enhance literacy so people understand what they're doing. Suddenly, with the smartphone penetration going up, data prices coming down, there's a lot of things you can do digitally that previously weren't, per se, viable. You know, a basic mm-hmm. smartphone is currently of such a price, that you could almost give it for free with the loan. So I think that's where the real opportunity is coming in, is that from a price point perspective, we're coming at a point where you can really afford to use financial services, uh, data,
2: smartphones to empower people flexibly. That's really fascinating there, Tim. Some great opportunities kind of emerging in that sector there. And it'll be exciting to see where Inclusion Group plays a role within that. So thank you so much for sharing that. And we're moving in actually to the end of our interview. I've just got two more questions left. And the first one is what inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently creating a positive social change?
1: So, so that's, it's a good question. I think there's one on a smaller scale and on a bigger scale, I guess, always. So for me, obviously looking at this sort of within the scope of what we do from a financial services space, I think really what we've started seeing more and more is capital flying from the globe into Africa. I think African fintech capital is still up, whereas the rest of the world is down. And a lot of those projects that are being started are actually driving social stage, social change, in a sense that they provide for financial inclusion. They provide for food security, they provide for trading. And I think that by itself is incredibly powerful to see. More specifically, we see startups popping up in the agriculture space where Evermo and Endeavor also started a startup accelerator to basically help businesses in that agriculture space, which I think is extremely Mm -hmm. exciting because education in agriculture is incredibly important so that people know what crops to plant, how to make best use of the tools they have, et cetera. So I think that for me is probably... A very important program, and I think that startup plan that was started with FMO and Endeavor is very helpful because it basically provides easy access to those tools for farmers to actually grow and scale. And I think there's a couple of other initiatives similarly where startups are starting to really drive employment of lower income and sort of, you know, formalizing smallholder farmers. And I think those things are super powerful and really creating very positive change because they directly impact people with employment and
2: financial benefit. Wow. It does sound like a very crucial program and it sounds like it's creating a lot of social impact there. So really thank you for sharing that with our audience. And now to finish off, are there any books or resources that you would recommend for our listeners to check out?
1: So, you know, very good question. I think obviously we try and read from time to time, whatever we can. I Mm. think a couple of different ones that help us in a big way is the books on ORKs on really aligning objectives and key results to ensure that we basically have the entire business pooled with us rather than separately. I think Zero to One by Peter Thiel was extremely interesting and had a lot of triggering thoughts. And then more locally, I think the founder of Zuna wrote a book called Failing to Win, Mike Quinn, which I think was very interesting because there's a lot of things that ring home for people that actually are a startup themselves. So those are probably the three that I very much recommend looking into, so to say.
2: Yeah. A few fantastic reads there. And all of those books that you just mentioned, as well as initiatives and organizations that we've talked about throughout our interview today, they'll be linked in at the end of the article on the Impact Boom website. So once people have went to impactboom.org and they've checked out this article and they've read through, seen all the insights or listened to our conversation, they'll be able to then click on through and see all of those amazing resources you've just shared. So I just want to say on behalf of Impact Boom today, thank you so much for sharing your generous insights and time today. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. And unfortunately, we can't keep talking. That's the end of our interview. But I really just want to wish you all the best in the future. And I can't wait to see the work that that you do, but also for inclusion groups. So thank you so much and wish you all the best. Awesome. Thank you very much and uh, have a great day.